Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a conversation between two people who sort of work in tech and stuff and also have many other aspirations towards finding meaning in our existence on this planet. And we're just going to talk about stuff. Uh, my name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. And what are we talking about this week? This week we're talking about talent. So... It's a uh, like something we have an intuitive idea about and we like talking about a lot. Um, but it's maybe a little bit more complicated than it might first appear. Yeah, I think. I wanted to touch on the notion of genius. I wanted to touch on the notion of talent not being the same as skill. Just because you've got talent doesn't mean you can do stuff. You still have to work. And also Britain's Got Talent were filming in the Hammersmith Apollo where my studio is. So they were disrupting my access a little bit last week, which was fun. Did you see any celebrity types? When I leave on my bike, I kind of go all the way through the whole of the sort of back lot of the Apollo. And I was interrupted by some dancers doing push-ups. They did like 40 push-ups. And I was sat there sort of waiting, going, this is interesting. Uh, But I didn't see any celebrities. I just saw a lot of of girls in very thick makeup and sort of like gold skirts and all that kind of thing all very spangly yeah it's all very sort of tv uh, ready but yeah so i just thought it might be a sort of lighter one after brexit as well true i didn't think brexit was particularly heavy no i mean brexit itself is quite heavy yeah though, so. i mean one of the one of the things that i felt after i listened to our draft was that actually what i've come round to what well, I always thought David Cameron should go down in history as, an, as a colossal fool. <laughs> but, but I think one thing, the Brexit, recording the Brexit episode helped me understand is that I don't blame the people who voted for Brexit. I blame the government for its mm. colossal yeah, mishandling yeah. of the whole thing. So but that's made me feel better okay. <laughs> about, about my fellow country people. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think I've come come full circle away from believing them to be fools and mm. just believing them to be governed by fools. Yeah. We can well, all get tricked by people in authority. These people that think they can't fail just, uh, well, just, just don't have any concept of their own ability to fail, um, just kind of playing with fire and getting... I'm, I, I'm glad David Cameron got metaphorically horribly burnt by that Um, because it's the idea of one of these uh, privileged elites being made to cry is quite satisfying if nothing else Anyway, so so yes, Brexit was a slightly heavier one, which will no doubt get revisited over and over again as our, yeah. as our lives unfold. Yes. <laughs> our country unfolds. Or maybe it'll get rescued. There's a march on the 23rd of June. Yeah, no. I'm, um, I'm in. I can't make it, uh, annoyingly. Well, I'm pretty sure I can. So um, Good. Though I'm not home yet, so I don't know. Can I send you a picture of my face to stick on a balloon? Yes, you can. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you may. Though balloons, we mustn't let them fly away because they kill creatures. <laughs> oh, my God. On, on um, Hong Kong Metro, there's these signs about no um, shiny balloons on the underground. I think they get in there and they freak out drivers and cause problems. Really? So you're not allowed to bring shiny kind of helium balloons underground. Of course, balloons are 
a problem now. Next thing you're going to be telling me, jelly's made of ground up animal bones or something. <laughs> it is, Michael. Oh my God, my world, everything I thought was pure and innocent is evil. Story time. Uh-oh. How's your done? week? How, well, it's been 10 days. I'm really happy to see you. It's been another delay. Yes. Uh, tell me about, you know, what you've been doing. You're in Derby today? Derbyshire. I'm Derbyshire. Derbyshire. I'm looking over the Peak District from my father-in-law's garden in my van. <laughs> so <laughs> she's Ivanka looks quite radioish in her van today. I think this <laughs> might be the new podcast studio. <laughs> It won't work in Croatia because it'd be too hot, but it'd probably work in Brighton. I am, yes, in Derbyshire overlooking Matlock Bath and it's all very pretty and picturesque and English and green after our Brach Island Mediterranean sort of week. Uh, we've driven mm. across Europe again. <laughs> How long did that take? Uh, it took us, we arrived here on our third afternoon of travelling. Epic. I don't. It is epic, but anyway, we enjoyed it. It's actually become much easier now that the child can speak, so you can play with her a bit more, and she can say, "I'm really hot or thirsty," or rather than just right. crying, which is, yeah. you know, babies to have this problem where they can't communicate what's bothering them. We stopped in some nice places and made it into a bit of a, you know, nice trip. What was a horrible shock was getting off the ferry in uh, Dover just traffic it's really you go from this sort of pootling across Europe where the only traffic hotspots really around Munich and Stuttgart the route we take and you can avoid that as well if you want to so it's actually kind of got more of a road trip look at the mountains look at the cows sort of a vibe and then you Mm. get onto the M2 and then M25 and then some idiot in a white Land Rover nearly killed us. It was incredibly close. I was in the middle lane and a lorry was in the left lane and he basically snuck between us. And oh my God. it was one of those, if either the lorry driver or I had sneezed, he wouldn't have had enough space. You know, it right. was that sort of, he's just, you know, I, it, that's what's horrible about driving. I find... That I do love driving. I love the freedom. I love the stop and start. I like, you know, sleeping in the van. I like all that. I enjoy traveling, as we've discussed previously. But the thing that I'm always reminded when you're on these roads, I always think about, you know, if the aliens are looking down and watching us <laughs> traveling with these huge, heavy vehicles at speed, you know, 80 miles an hour, yeah. more. You know, like it's a miracle. There's everyone's just not dying left, right, and centre. <laughs> like, we can't be biologically adapted to be moving at those speeds, but we, you know, but you know, we kind of amazing. We do it, and it all seems to, mm. you know, mostly work, apart from the occasional idiot. Um, and I thought driving across Europe, the thing I don't like is the way if they want you to get out of their way, they people drive right up close behind you and sort of try and pressure you. Mm. I don't like that, but actually I'll take that versus Land Rover Man. (laughs) I wish I'd got his number plate. I'm minded to contact British Transport Police and tell them what time we crossed the Dartford, because it was just ahead of the Dartford Tunnel. So I'm minded to send them the time and see if they can be bothered to look him up. I'm assuming it's a him. 
Uh, well, he or she driving yeah, their penis extension. <laughs> Could have been a vagina extension. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was that was good. Anyway, so I've had a lovely week, really. Oh, it's been the house is looking good. We did lots of digging. I'm not sure if yeah. we describe our trip as a holiday. But digging. Yeah, we dug over our whole garden. Oh, right. That was a very satisfying experience. I love digging. I do like gardening. I'm glad I don't have to live off the land because it's such an unpredictable and difficult thing to Mm. do. But I do like a bit of digging. (laughs) Well, yeah, like I said the other week, I did a bit of uh, digging in our front garden. It was good. Just getting all uprooting stuff. Yes. It's all kind of like little weeds have started growing over ours already. I've got to go in again, but, you know. The weeds are just plants where you don't want them. That's all. Yeah, it's just I, we want, I wanted to put something in there, but it was I was quite enjoying just soil it's where a, they used to be. <laughs> it looks nice. It's weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? How's your week? Uh, oh, oh no. No. What? What? Well, I had a traffic thing. So yeah. So I was kind of coming. I had to be at this uh, the penthouse for this meeting in the early evening. Um, so I ride my bike everywhere and this particular day I was on my bike and I chose the uh, steep route which is basically Ladbrook Grove is this big long road that goes up really 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 steep and then down really 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 steep so I was sort of coming along there I was sort of I was kind of a bit preoccupied because this meeting was quite an interesting one to be invited to I had this moment where like it's at the bottom of the hill there's a set of traffic lights and I've only got, I haven't got gears on my bike. I've just got, it's just a single speed bike. So I, I don't want to have to start from a standstill at the bottom of the hill. So I sort of like took a bit of a risk at the bottom of the hill and probably a couple of seconds after the light had changed to red, I kind of went through at top speed so that I had some momentum going up the hill. But that, that, that was fine. Got up to the top of the hill, but the horrible thing with Ladbrook Grove is there's really steep hill and then the cycle lane is right onto parked cars. So as you're coming down the hill, uh, uh, and if I know of someone who was paralysed by someone opening a car door as they were kind of coming down a hill on a bike. And so as I'm on that road, I'm always kind of thinking about that. But I'm coming down, I'm a little bit preoccupied. I'm, I'm sort of coming down the hill and suddenly this police car comes from behind so loud, like really, really loud, comes around on the sort of other side of the road, comes around. I'm a bit sort of distracted by that. And I'm and then I'm sort of coming in, trying to get back into the cycle lane and this car door just opens right in front of me. Oh. I've got nowhere to go. I just kind of swerve into it, hit the door with my shoulder, hit the floor, hit my head on the bumper of the car in front. I was back up in a few seconds swearing at the top of my voice at this driver who had just opened his car door into me and he just sort of stood there kind of going like just like kind of mortified and as I sort of calmed down I was like okay like I seem to be we sort of collected my stuff out the road and he was like yeah I'm a cyclist too I'm so sorry it's just the police car distracted me for a second and and I think I was probably hugging the cars a bit more than I usually would have been because the, you know I was kind of conscious of the police car going around and then I, it, you know just that like moment but I just was I could have I mean could have been deaded right um if it weren't for you know so he, he sort of offered to drive me. He let me sort of take a picture of the scene and like took, give, gave me his card so that I could be in touch um, if anything was a problem. But it like snapped my bag. But my bike 
seemed okay and I seemed okay. So I... You got away with it. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And did you get back on your bike straight away? I got back on my bike. I stayed on the pavement and then it was like through a park the rest of the way and then down to the design museum. Yeah. Where this where this fly is, so I kind of got in there. It's kind of the client. It's is you know this meeting's going to start. So yeah, that. But I'm, I just sort of said what had just happened, and they're like, okay, do you want a drink? Do you want? I was like, well, I don't drink, uh, so I I don't know. Like, if there's any time, <laughs> drink would have been a good idea. Do you want painkillers? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and then one of them said, oh, I mean, you're in, you know, you're in shock right now. Like, yeah, yeah, you should yeah. go and like gather yourself. So I sort of. They said, well, just go and find a room, any bedroom. (laughs) So I sort of go, I'm walking through the pen. I sort of go into the back. I find this big, weird bathroom. Like, I'm like going, what are these rooms? But yeah, I just kind of like have a little cry, have a little kind of collect myself. Like 10 minutes later, I'm like, because I want to be like, right. I mean, this is nothing to me. (laughs) So I kind of like gather myself and just go back in. But I survived it. I got away with it. Wow. I haven't been to a doctor yet, but I'm sort of waiting for all the bruises. I've just had a huge bruise on my shoulder, a huge bruise on my arm, like a little cut on my leg and just huge bruises down there, a little bit on the on the bum like where I think my bike seat hit me. And just it was kind of hard to get, you know, I was on painkillers for a few days. I mean, it's terrifying, that whole... It's just terrifying riding a bicycle around. I think it's interesting to me as well that you don't drive because I think, no. I think uh, a lot of... Because I cycle and drive... And have sat on the back of a motorbike a lot. And I'm, Mm. you know, you watch the road. I mean, we all make mistakes. But I think one thing that a lot of cyclists who don't drive, you know, you you don't understand how little you sometimes can see out of a car. You know, I think the Dutch do this thing where they've tried to promote people that when they open their car door, you don't use your hand nearest the door. You use your opposite hand which forces your whole body to turn, and they call it something like the bike open. Not that I ever right. do this, <laughs> but if you right. watch the... So you're looking so out you're the look, window you're, then. You're, you're forced to look out the window right. as you open the car door. Um, and they, they did this thing at Victoria Station one time where you could sit in the, in the cab of a lorry. Uh, so it right. was encouraging cyclists to sit in the driver's seat and see what the driver can't see. Yeah. And it was that kind of like, I think you're so vulnerable on a bicycle. And yeah. so many people, you know, there's drivers. I mean, Brighton's got a good set of cycle lanes, but they're not, they're, a lot of them are like that in the road with no division. And drivers often drive as though you're not allowed to be on the road as a cyclist. It's like, right. you know, it's that yeah. sort of, an equally cyclist ride like they've got some sort of, imaginary bubble around them and it's like you know you're mm. you're just i just ride my bike like everyone's trying to kill me <laughs> it's like everyone's an idiot <laughs> but like i never go inside a tr- lorry or like a big vehicle if unless it's yeah, yeah. definitely uh, lights and the lights are definitely not going to change yeah, yeah, anytime yeah, yeah. soon i'll kind of come around but i did have to do one of those cycle safety awareness videos because um like a couple of years ago i am um, i was coming down like alongside regent's park but there's this like there's this there's this pedestrian crossing where it's just 
like if there was no one crossing it's there's some traffic lights and it's like i just didn't want to stop there but i kind of just so i just didn't even slow down for it because there was there was no one there so i just kind of went straight through but then there was like i was like oh shit there's a policeman on a motorbike right there so then my sort of instinct was like i'm gonna get away so i just kind of went fast and then he like he kind of came up he sort of flagged me down and made me stop and then i think their main way of punishing you is just by being really slow about everything it's like all right i'm just gonna get my little pda out and very slowly try and find this you know obviously, obviously i'm in a hurry to get to work um but yeah like i i just you know i just sort of said well i didn't think there was any danger but i sort of didn't really I didn't really think but did yeah you? he was like but then he was like yeah well you know i was right there <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> you know just kind of like you know i i, I sort of say okay yeah fair enough like <laughs> don't just kind of take the piss when there's a police car yeah. but then i had to do this it's like you have to pay for this online course where it simulates so you've got done for dangerous riding on a bicycle i did yeah <laughs> good that's good it wasn't dangerous clearly was if you cycled through a pedestrian crossing michael well, there was no pedestrians on it. Yeah, you see, this is part of the problem I have with the cyclists who haven't passed a driving test. <laughs> it's like, you know, there is a green cross code. Are, I got shouted no, I at usually, by... I always stop. I always stop. I but that one was I like a really you do, like... Michael. You're a very you know, good boy. The, uh, I wait behind traffic. <laughs> I don't try and like go between every car. I was cycling along whatever the road is that goes from sort of Hoban-ish to uh, Old Street Roundabout. And it was really really raining traffic was horrendous uh and there was a a taxi driver trying to do some sort of u-turn or something Mm. and then something then there was other traffic piled up so cars had stopped to let the taxi driver do his turn so as a cyclist i stopped to allow him to complete this turn and a cyclist behind me came up behind what the fuck are you doing like participating in the traffic you moron <laughs> I hate that bit because it's just so many cyclists and it's just like I don't know what to do sometimes because there's like four you just everyone's like weaving in and out and it's so dense you're just like this is just going to tangle up and we're all <laughs> yeah, just going to the cycle lane isn't separate from the traffic mm. It's just the part where the cycles go, but you have to be looking at what everyone else is doing. I was like, oh. anyway, I'm not. I don't. I don't get bothered by people shouting at me. <laughs> um, you know, especially if they're on a bicycle. Yeah, I do think it's. I do think that cycle lane is criminal though on Ladbroke Grove, just to have it like right up to the parked cars. Yeah, that's no good. On a steep hill. And, it's yeah. like every time I'm just like, uh, don't get paralysed. <laughs> But you're 40 and you're alive. I'm 40, I'm, I'm alive. I had a wonderful birthday with just me and Shaz. Um, she'd sort of, she'd put some bunting up in the kitchen when I came down. Aww. And then she had a sequence of little sort of clue presents for me. And then she took me to the Shard for lunch. And we went up there, had some very nice food. Told, you know, you're sort of telling the waiter in the Shard restaurant, oh, it's my birthday today. And he's like, oh, right. And then you're like, oh, it's everyone's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so good job looking impressed by it being my birthday. But um, it was 40. But the girl sort of on the next table, was it was her 18th. It was like, you know, it's like oh, everyone's yeah. special birthday or whatever. <laughs> oh. A couple of other points I've just got on my list before we get into the topic. Um, I want to stop abusing the word thing and the word like. 
when I'm talking because I, I do think they're valid community. I'm not like my grandparents, like, stop mindlessly saying, just say the word. But I do think... Um, <laughs> I think the word thing, like the word, and swearing as well, like I, I think like I want to get more precise about my deployment of F words and the thing word and the like word, because um, I think I've been leaning on it a bit too heavily so far. I do think you use like too much oh, when I'm like whatever. thinking about like, I don't know if I well, do it, but you do. Well, part of it, part of what lets me give myself permission to do that yeah. is uh, Dan Harmon on Harmontown on his podcast, uh, like a while back. He sort of demonstrated because he's like, 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 he's practically like stuttering. He's like, like everything, like this, like that. And um, he demonstrated that he was perfectly capable of flawlessly speaking very articulately with sort of pauses. And, and it was sort of creepy. And he's like, well, that's why I don't do that. Um, so I'd rather just interject a lot of likes to just kind of make it a bit more. Well, you... is it accessible? A bit less kind of, I don't know, overbearing. Hmm. So it isn't an unconscious choice, but I think I want to kind of, but in the same way as swearing, in the same way as saying the word thing, I, I think I've, I'm a little bit too far on the wrong side. But I, I don't see it as just stupidity to use those sort of modes of speech. I've got um, this week and last an American comedian referred to Ivanka Trump as a see you next Tuesday. <laughs> okay. So as a result of this, my Twitter notifications are absolutely filled with people calling me <laughs> see you next oh, Tuesday. Oh no. So, um, and I've been debating how to tell the story in my head because I think <laughs> So many people get offended. And I think there's a whole topic around... I think we should do an episode about swearing. Oh, that's uh, a good Because idea. I am not averse to swearing at all. And I think people get oversensitive about certain words. that It just gives them mm. too much power and the wrong kind of power. But that's a different... Yeah. And the, But what this did remind me of, because I think the use of the word was probably quite valid. Can I just clarify, was this the word or was this the what you just said? The, oh, she you, used was the word. literally see? Okay, yeah, yeah, so it wasn't... Yeah, yeah. No, okay, it's, that's it's, you putting in the... Uh, no, the yeah, I'm trying, to, okay, I'm trying to be soft about it. Yeah, well, I put a car horn over that word last week. Oh, so. yeah, you did, didn't you? Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I mean, I don't have any problem with using the word c but, you know, <laughs> some <laughs> I mean, people get offended. No, I just... It was just like... If you could beep over... If you could beep over that time that I just used it, that would also be cool. Because then I think we should have a special episode in which there is no holes barred... Swearing. Well, no, I just think if you're going to deploy it, you've got to deploy it effectively. Yeah. So anyway, so we should definitely do a swearing episode. But the, what's interesting is that the comedian apologised and also, which I'm not sure she should have or that she needed to. Mm. And because a lot of this was in reference to the fact that in America land, and many of you may not have such a privileged insight into the news in America as I do, thanks to my <laughs> uh, Twitter name this story emerged that a lot of children when illegal immigrants get deported their children get seized and records have not been kept so there's about 1400 children missing that people don't know mm. where their kids are and mm. for that to be happening in modern day america is not cool so i think calling the current administration and their family is totally valid <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
so talent. <laughs> well, can I just? I just sorry. I, I do have one more. Like, if we if we're light on talent related content, that's fine. But I just there's just one more thing I just wanted to talk to you specifically, Ivanka, about okay. because I think you'll you'll be able to see it. So yeah, just this 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 meeting of my life was the thing that was spectacular about it to me was basically this consultant guy came in. The minute he opened his mouth, I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. Like he's kind of teeing things up in just the right way. And all the things we've kind of learned doing this podcast and all that, you know, could be wrong. That you know, this yeah. All this kind of persuade. He was doing it all like straight off the bat. And I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. And then when, he was very sort of patient and sort of listened to stuff. But then when he he had a lot of, crit- him and his team had a lot of criticisms. And he just absolutely like no holds barred. He was He was just like, so direct so critical but then everyone was just so grateful and like everyone when he left wanted to give him a hug <laughs> even though right? he told everyone that their project and was he'd th- picked was, holes in everything he used he, well it was beyond it was like absolutely destroyed it like and i i just was like what that was, i i realized it was like it's a thing i have but it's something that i feel bad if it comes out but it just means that so when it does come out it comes out because I'm frustrated and it's uncontrolled and I just saw what that power was when wielded effectively what the ability to criticize the ability to just say things to people directly and hurt them basically um but for that to still be a positive I was like I, I need to kind of like learn how to do this and I think the difference is where I've always been focused on putting the needs of the project above everything else. The difference in his focus was he's putting the needs of the people above everything else, which is a distinction that I've... Because I come in and I'm on a project and I just have to assume this is the project. This is the thing, so everything has to be in reference to this. But actually, that's not the truth of what's going on here. It's the... We're trying to make everyone successful. Yeah. <laughs> the project is the idea. But we, so if my first thought was like, if that's what it takes to be powerful and successful, then I'll, I'll, I'll be a failure. If that's what success looks like, I'll, I'm happy to be a failure. But then I was just like, this, no, but there's, why would everyone hug him? What is the difference between what I'm doing? But then I think subconsciously, I think a lot, I have garnered a lot of kind of love from people over the years for my kind of forcefulness and directness even if it does come out in a sort of unpleasant way sometimes that I'm guilty of but it's something that I just sort of discount or don't see very well but just to see that I was like I, I right that's this is something I can learn to control Did, it sounds like he was very respectful of mm. the people and their feelings. But he was respectful, but he, he didn't mind hurting their feelings. But we've right? talked about the fact that, for example, that we'll take criticism from people we know love us. You know, mm. my brother telling me I'm fat. <laughs> it's like, it's my brother, he's allowed. But, you know, it's that sort of, and it's, and it's there's, no, there's no questioning that he's doing it out of love. I mean, we have a mm. good fight over Softman, but but it's that same thing in a work context of you you don't love people in the same way that you lo- you love your friends and family, but you but in a way you do. So the team that you're working with and the people you're working mm. with in that moment, they're the most important people, and so being 
the most respectful thing you can do to them is tell them the truth. And I think that's one of the th- reasons, if you look back at... So there's two things out of this. One, about looking back at our work at Canonical. There were a lot of people telling the management what they knew the management wanted to hear and not telling yeah, them yeah. the truth. And they, those people might have got paid twice as much money as I did. But, you know, at least I tried. And it's that mm. sort of, I don't believe that, and, and, and it's quite, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Human interactions with each other are fascinating. But there's yeah. that whole thing of like being afraid of losing your job because you tell somebody in a position of authority that their decision is wrong and why you think it's wrong and yeah. the ways in which you can prove that it's wrong, uh, trying to steer them away. I mean, it does sound, you know, if this person is being brought in as an external consultant, you have a lot more power. Mm. As well, I I mm. I don't know if this was going to sound like a boastful story now in the context of what you yeah. just said, but I bumped into somebody that I used to work with at LB. I'm not sure if you ever worked with him, and I we we're in Brighton on the street, and he was like, because oh, I like him, I think he's very clever, and I enjoyed working. There's lots of people at LB I enjoyed working with. He's old, a bit older mm. than me. Me too. And he said, um, he goes, oh, Ivan, I was talking about you the other day. Um, with somebody else we'd worked with. I was like, oh, yeah, were well, you telling each other how lovely I am? And he was like, yeah. no. <laughs> we were we were sitting there going, oh, if only Ranga was here to tell the client they're wrong. <laughs> well, I think that's the other... I think people are really grateful for the person that will say it like it is because then, you know, it's like, right, that person's going to take the brunt of the, you know, the immediate kind of emotional reaction to it. And now I don't have to. But yeah, I think people are also grateful for someone that isn't afraid to I think that, say Yeah, I think that's definitely true. But I also think that one of the things of personally, I've never really set out to tell a client they're wrong. I'm like, you're paying me to use my eyes and ears and brain and my eyes and ears and brain are telling me this, that this is what I'm seeing. I'm not sure if it's the same thing that you're seeing. So where you mm. might be seeing success, I'm seeing failure or where you're seeing a, yeah. a, an opportunity, I'm seeing a problem. Let's not call it an opportunity. Let's call <laughs> it, a pro- you know, that kind of... I think it's interesting and I think we've got a lot to learn in talking because I've been thinking a lot about Stuart's email that he sent to us yeah. after media and telling us that, we, you know, we've taken completely the wrong approach and we're just yeah. offending everybody. And I'm like, you know, it, I've thought about him a lot this week in the context of that Brexit conversation, in the context. And that story that you're just saying, it's like, if you don't agree with people, you're going to tell them they're wrong. The worst thing you can do is offend them because, you know, everybody's going to get defensive. But if you just, if you can deliver a a hard message with some, maybe we should talk to some doctors about how they tell people that, you know, they need to change their lifestyle or lose weight. I don't know. I don't know what the answer, but it is a fascinating thing. And learning how to deliver those sort of messages is is a skill. Well, um, yeah. And I, well, now that I've seen it done like that, it's, it's like something I'm, to I'm work on. Trying to kind of put it put it into effect a little bit yeah. and try and learn how to. Yeah, I think for me, just putting the project above all else is was my mistake. I don't. You know, I don't can, know though because. Because, for example, because when you said that and you were talking about the people, I thought, well, the projects I've done in social care, I can't put the the needs of the... Yes, I've got to be respectful of the people I'm talking to, but ultimately the people who are the ultimate recipients of social care are the people we need to care about. Therefore, it's the project 
project. It is the project. Well, it's, it's the always people the project. that are receiving the, you know, the, it's the users yeah. uh, as much. I'm, it's not just the client I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people. You oh, know. yeah, yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, so like a project is just a means to an end in order, a means to improve the people involved's lives, whether that's the client or the recipient of the, you know, social care yeah, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. It's But it's just a project is just an abstract thing. That, and so why am I kind of beholden to that when I should be, always just like everything should be in more in terms of what the people are getting out of it and what the world's going to get out of it so so this is not something you would consider to be your talent <laughs> well no i think i i saw a thing i saw someone taking something that i have as a talent oh. that i've i've always um shied away from oh. but sort of comes out clumsily i saw what that's like when it's wielded when it's kind of controlled I see. when it's employed deliberately but, right but but also loved i mean the thing about you you see your ability to see problems and criticize you see that as a negative it's not yeah well exactly yeah so i just i it was see just sorry kind of, i wasn't yeah that's that's what i was trying to get following, across. <laughs> i wasn't following you properly <laughs> It's 25 years since the death of a Croat stroke Yugoslav but Croatian basketball player called Dražen Petrović, who was a supremely talented basketball player, made it to the NBA uh, and tragically died in a car accident. Um, and But one of the quotes from him was, I believed in talent till I was 16 and after that mm. I adopted hard work. And it's like, it's like, you know, from then on, it's all been about hard work. And he, what, you know, he was super, super talented. One of the, you know, so that, and that, I thought that was a nice, timely quote because I also in the past read that, um, was it, it was again Malcolm Gladwell, but he talked about that 10,000 hour thing where, yeah, you know, exactly. Talent is, whole, um... talent is one thing, but working at it. So, and he cites like the Beatles who, were an amazing band, but they'd spent hours and hours and hours playing together in Germany, um, gigging live until they were just a supremely well-oiled machine. Yeah. Um, so talent only gets you so far. Yeah, and also people kind of misidentify talent. Um, so, for example, a lot of the, um, was it like football players, like American football players, all were kind of like, if you looked at when, what time of year they were born, it tended to be sort of earlier in the school year, which meant that they oh, were just bigger, bigger than <laughs> yeah, the other yeah, kids yeah, yeah, yeah. sooner. Yeah, yeah. And everyone sort of was like, oh, this guy's a really talented football player, oh, but it's just, know. no, just born no. a little bit earlier. No, it's just so, the difference it's, between it's, three and a half and three and eight months is actually quite significant. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for kids. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, that always gave me a bit of a weird thing because I'm yeah. born in like June, which means I'm right. I was always the sm small at school yeah. because yeah, you know, I was youngest. one of the last born, but that kind of gives you a kind of like weird perspective on yourself. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And it's something we don't think about. And yeah, sort of sports-wise, I guess it was a reason that I probably didn't sort of get super involved in any of that because I just was always a bit small. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a September <laughs> kid, so therefore... I right. was one of the fastest in class and one of the biggest <laughs> and strongest because I was a year older than you, not, you know, if we'd admit mm. the equivalent of you. I think you can have a predisposition to something or what you've just been talking about. You know, you have this sort of predisposed interest in something. But I don't yeah, know that, that, that then unless it's nurtured and you work at, it will never become your skill. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and the fact that like this talent is maybe misidentified, they can still be great sportsmen because they've been, they put all that time, they've yeah. been kind of picked out and now they're putting all those hours in and now they get good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like probably if you picked one of the younger ones, maybe like they would be just as good, but yeah, it's a yeah. bit arbitrary. So, but that sort of identifying of your talents is, I, I wonder, like some things it's easy, like for me, it's like I can pick up a, an arbitrary musical instrument and pretty quickly get something get a nice sound out of it which isn't something everyone can do no. right so that's, that's why it. i'm like okay well music's important yeah, to yeah, me I've, yeah. I've got to kind of work on this and then like i guess computers i've always you know i've kind of understood what's going on i suppose or maybe just because i started really young it just got baked into me from a young age i don't know so one of the interesting things to me is this um now that i've got this child <laughs> to experiment on mm. <laughs> or to observe so i'm sure i've told this story that you know on our little there's a little whatsapp group of mums and two of them are artists and they shared pictures that their children had drawn very little two and a bit with what looked like a recognizable face now my daughter doesn't do that at all and has yet to produce something that looks like a recognisable yeah. face but I don't draw with her and she does all these squiggles that look like letters and she can pick out mm. the first letter of her name on it look mummy there's my letter there's Uncle Tommy's letter there she knows and she sits there and pretends to type on a computer I'm working mummy but maybe she would be really good at drawing if that's what I had made her more interested in she did a really clever thing, though, I think. I'm just going to boast for a moment. So yes. we're in Croatia and uh, we've got no telly. And I, I, uh, I've let her, I let her watch a couple of things on my laptop, but literally a couple. Well, one evening mm. and that was it. We were FaceTiming her granddad. She was like, Granddad, can you put your telly on, please, <laughs> so I can watch it? <laughs> Which I thought was a really brilliant bit of problem solving. So, you know, how am I going to get to watch TV? I know, I'm going to FaceTime Grandad and he can put his telly on. So, <laughs> so I think she does have a bit of a talent towards, you know, like that sort of problem solving. But I do that with her. She mm. goes, Mommy, what does this do? I don't know. Let's switch it on and let's see what it does. So mm. I don't just tell her. So yeah. she has to w work it out for herself. Um, yeah. So I think that then... You know, that's something that I have inadvertently stimulated in her is this, yeah. if this happens, then that happens type thing. Um, yeah, and it could be something that my mother did nurture in me when I was, like, before I was yeah, yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Like, she used to, we, apparently we used to sing and she used to play the guitar and, you know, I'd touch that. And my grandpa, both my grandfathers had, like, beautiful grand pianos in their houses, so I'd always have something to kind of hammer yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not necessarily some innate talent. It could just be... I was exposed to that stuff early, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Apparently I stopped singing when she died. And then I didn't really start singing again until my sort of late 20s. So Ooh. that's a shame. So I'm not very good at singing. Well, I think that you... It's quite a natural reaction, surely, if that was something you did together. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I just got... Yeah, must have got... Oh. Yeah, anyway. That's a sad bit. <laughs> Yeah, that's a sad bit. Um, I'd say, um, yeah, like talent. So talent isn't the same as skill. Uh, and I was thinking in the same way that ideas aren't products. Like ideas are cheap. Talent is cheap. Yeah. It's that kind of development of it that's really kind of sets you apart. You can't just go, oh, I'm talented. I'm not going to yeah, do much yeah, work. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to you work. You do, I do these training courses and these, you know, I teach more now. And it's like, 
I'm sorry, there's no magic wand. There's nothing clever <laughs> I can tell you that you can walk away with that isn't going to involve just doing this thing over and over and over again until you get good at it mm. and you make some mistakes and you look at them. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, see anyway. I recommend. Graft. I recommended somebody a. Um, I've done. I've recommended this person a lot over the years. He's a guy that taught. I happened to go on a presentation training course, and there was a me and one other person, and this guy was running it, and we. It should have been like eight people, but it was just two of us. So we got basically a day of kind of one to one to one ish with this com- communications guy, and over the years I've recommended him to many people. And the thing that and I got I recommended him to somebody recently. She messaged me to say I love him. I, you know I was really impressed. And it's just he's a person who apparently started in theatre, but then his child he had a child who has autism, and so right. he's really studied how humans communicate with each other. So he's mm. a fascinating person to to you know present in front of, and then he gives you feedback and he tells you and, you know he did things like over the years i be I've been to sort of standard training courses that tell you not to wave your arms around when you're presenting, and mm. he was like, "No, no, 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 that's how you talk if If I told you not to do that, you'd be really uncomfortable, and you wouldn't be able to express mm. yourself properly, so no, but don't fidget and you know don't move your feet if you're going to wave your hands around mm. stand still you know that kind of like <laughs> basic thing but it was, it was just a really uh, it's nice to meet somebody who's really studied their craft and mm. knows and we've I think I'm sure we've spoken about this before is that thing where once you really know something and you're skillful at it breaking it knowing which oh we talked about it in the context of yeah. that um that video just being really good at something gives you the skills to know when not to do it you know the official yeah, way yeah, yeah. so like when people perceive you as having a certain talent that gives you a certain amount of responsibility to that to develop it so i think people will be upset if like if they see you as gifted yeah then if you're not kind of like working on that thing that they feel like they haven't got but you have and maybe you're like quite unique in having that particular ability that like you do then have a responsibility to work on it and keep doing it because you know otherwise it's like oh what, what the hell yeah 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 you're throwing away your talent i think not living up to your potential is what upsets yeah. people because my big thing that we got told as children all the time you know my dad used to be all about thinking like the worst crime you could commit in our house is not to have thought about something properly it's like mm. and my dad a lot of people who've worked with me know this quote but it's like fuck sorry think if you ever went oh sorry daddy i didn't mean to do that fuck sorry and i don't i never get upset by people who you know aren't as clever or it sounds I don't know anyway you know like you meet people who are not super quick at thinking and haven't had loads of education and haven't been and I never get upset by them having done something inadvertently thoughtless it's when people are really clever and have had yeah. all the opportunity and then do something stupid that yeah. that really irritates me and I think that's the same thing you're talking about that's sort of not living up to your potential you know you are clever enough you've had enough opportunity to understand that what you are doing is wrong and therefore I don't give you know I don't give you any sympathy I don't give you I don't forgive you for being just blatant that's possibly a bit extreme but I think it's in the same vein of 
But yeah, and I think there is, and I think, but that, I think that's how that sort of social pressure comes out as well. It's like you are, you know, you've got these gifts, you've got these um, advantages. If you just ignore them, then you know, fuck you, really. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's but kind then, of a fair thing for people to say to you, I think. But I suppose it is. It's that, like the you could have been a footballer. You could have been. You could have. Could have. Could have. You know, I suppose you have a right as well to say, yeah, I could have, but I didn't want to. Yeah, um, of course. So maybe to be a bit more Buddha about it would be healthier for yeah, me. Maybe. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. maybe. Me too. <laughs> have you seen Exit Through the Gift Shop? I'm sure you have. Banksy's film. No, I haven't. Um, oh, okay. Well, Mr Brainwash is this sort of like artist character sort of it was sort of like a faux documentary thing about this artist um he was just, just everything he did was really just sort of just obvious and just sort of like a but i mean the conclusion it's annoying you haven't seen it actually <laughs> it's harder to talk about but if you've seen it like at the end it's got like um Banksy kind of in you know you know sort of in disguise or whatever he's one of massive attack by the way can't remember which one but that's we figured it out um he um he says yeah like i, I used to think that everyone should uh, try and be an artist or do stuff artistically but then after this i think maybe some people shouldn't bother maybe sh- maybe not everyone should be an artist um what that you know, sort of lack of talent how does that kind of factor in if someone's like trying to do something but they just don't oh, seem to get it be capable of it uh, but they're still, you know, for whatever reason, they're kind of told that they can or they just, I don't know, can't see that it's not working. It's That's that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that is weird. I don't know about that. Because that kind of flies, flies in the face of this whole, if you work hard, you can be good, become good at things. Mm. It's obviously not enough. <laughs> so, sometimes you've just got to kind of accept your limitations yeah, like, and just, uh, you know... Mm. Yeah. And yeah, that's certainly something as one approaches 40, one has to think about. And well, you're no longer approaching. Is, yeah. No, I was saying, like, as I was. Oh, I, see. I know I'm 40, Ivanka. If anyone knows I'm 40, <laughs> this guy. If anyone doesn't know, Michael is 40 now. Actually, <laughs> I'm old 40. Now. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll always be not as old as me. <laughs> no, well, it doesn't. We're in the same, we're the same age now. Are we? Oh, I'm like, caught up. <laughs> <laughs> so just I think genius is a an overused word. Um I know even Steve Jobs didn't like the genius bar name, the Apple thing. But like it's been so overused that you then get people going this person is a super genius or like they're having to kind of come up with more um ridiculous terms to kind of say it but um, there's a really good TED talk by Elizabeth Gilbert about the nature of genius and how in the old days genius was an outside thing, it was like a genie kind of thing that came through you oh. and you just kind of accepted what it gave you. Okay. And you were just kind of like a vessel through which something external was acting. And that's always been how humans have seen that sort of creativity until recent history where now an individual is a genius rather than having a genius that comes through them sometimes. And that places a lot of pressure, unreasonable pressure on people. (laughs) And you get a lot of suicidal artists and you get a lot of people kind of being labelled with something that is just not really fair to label anyone. So I guess this is, yeah, just my campaign for people to stop using that 
if we could detach that from the individual, I think that would be a good thing to do because it's not really fair. I think that's quite interesting because I like the fact that sort of a thing is genius. Because I often go, that's a genius idea. I don't tend to say you're a genius because <laughs> you had the idea. Do you know, you know. Yeah, and even when you, you can, something can come to you yeah. and you can go, oh, wow, that you, you can recognise it. Yeah. But there's no reason to label yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That moment of mm, divine inspiration. It's where you just don't know where it really came from. Like the person that it came to is no more aware of where it came from than someone who's not that yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, you know, I like it. I like it. I like it. I think it suits our general conversations about, you know, sort of working, you know, in multidisciplinary teams in different ways and all this, you know, it's, it's, the, it's a set of circumstances that allows genius to be created, not yeah. necessarily a, all right, enter the genius, <laughs> enlighten yeah, us all. Exactly. It's a lot. No wonder we get so much arrogance. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a good note to end on, Michael, because yeah. uh, my all battery's right. down so, to 1%. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, nobody, yeah. So in conclusion, nobody is a genius. Nobody is a genius. Thank you for listening to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like the podcast, you can go to grandpodcast.com and you can find all of our social media and all those links, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. There are all the episodes are on YouTube. Where can people find you, Ivanka? Uh, the best place to find me is at Ivanka on Twitter. Ooh, yes. in a sea of anti-Ivanka Trump sentiment. Exactly. You can find me at michaelforestmusic.com mostly and I have social everything on everything. So, and if you are minded to, it would be marvellous if you could write us a, a, a review on that Apple Podcasts thing and tell your yeah. friends to have a listen. Uh, we appreciate, you. especially people like Beth Bell who like to tell all their friends to listen to us. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Beth Bell. Um, we, uh, I did see your message and it was good. I, I, I did like your idea of entertainment as a topic. I think we should do it. Um, and also we do have plans for guests and that's going to happen. But I, we will also reply <laughs> <laughs> to the message. Is that, is that everything? Yep. That's all our shopping stuff. We yep. Hey, imagine if we had a Patreon or some sponsors. Imagine that. Imagine. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks very much then, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.